Hey guys, welcome back to Champions Breakfast with me, Hannah Marie. I, this week, have had no mind for My Hero Academia. I have been deep diving into the world of the promised Neverland. I have been reading the manga off and on, like, this month, and then it fucking hooked me. I am, I've been so deep in this show. I read all 180 chapters in like three days. It is so fucking good. If you haven't seen it yet, please, 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 please read it. I haven't, I've only just started watching it last night because I couldn't help myself. I was going to watch it slowly and review, but fuck that, man. I need to see what happened because I know that the manga is really good. It was flawless to me, even the ending, which I know some people aren't happy about, but to me, from start to finish, absolutely flawless. No issues whatsoever. I would die for those children. And Emma, just just Emma, baby. I love you with all of my heart. If you're listening out there, baby girl, I am here. I will love you. I will protect you. Norman, eh. Grow some balls, bro. <laughs> and Ray. Oh, my God. Ray. Oh. I cannot give this kid enough credit for carrying the show, sorry, not even the show, for carrying the story. Obviously, Emma had so much to play with for the story, but Ray, bro, he is the most selfless, wonderful, clever, intellectual, dynamic unpredictable character I've ever seen. It's like Shikamaru meeting oh, Grey from Fairy Tale, or oh not even like Shikamaru and Light from Death Note. That's that's probably more appropriate. I fucking love this character so much and I'm so upset that I heard that the anime does not follow the storyline of the manga, especially season two. Apparently they wrap it up in season two. There is 180 chapters. There is multiple arcs. Why is there only two seasons? If this shit doesn't do it justice, I'm going to be so upset. I've, I've been told actually to only watch season one and to just not bother with season two. And after reading the manga, I've just got to take it as it's a completely different show. Season one. Yes. It is The Promised Neverland. And then season two seems to be either they ran out of funding or they got sick of trying to animate such an important part of the story. So they just cut bits and pieces out. I don't know. I know that the ending got really changed, which I'm really disappointed about because some of the sacrifices that are made at the end were fucking noteworthy. But I'm not going to note them right now just in case people haven't watched it or read it. Oh, I've, I have not become this passionate about another anime or another manga since like literally this, <laughs> since My Hero Academia. So get on it, guys, because I can't be the only one here. I've, I've featured it heavily at the moment on my, on my Instagram page. It's up there. There is one cutscene that um, I've actually highlighted on my story so that you can see. Mint. Beautiful. 
But without further ado, I'm not going to... This isn't um, the Promised Neverland podcast series at the moment. This isn't My Hero Academia podcast series. So let's get back into it. We are coming in hot with a great little episode. Episode 10, Encounter with the Unknown. So we finished off last episode where all of their villains were coming in. They had infiltrated the simulation zone where they were going to be dealing with natural disasters. And it was only... Aizawa and Space 13 that were there to protect the kids. So we picked right back up from that. The villains are entering the chat. (laughs) They're all here looking for All Might. They're all looking ugly as fuck. Like, in order to be a villain, do you have to have some sort of quirk that makes you really disgusting? Because some of these people, if they were a hero, I'd be running from them regardless. So they were kind of set up to fail. God looked at them and went, nah, bruh, I'm not even going to give you a chance. To begin with, it makes me super happy because we see Todoroki going all Shikamaru. Oh my God, he got three shout outs. He's going all Shikamaru and explaining the situation in detail. So not only is Todoroki a baddie and has a lit haircut and a fucking sick quirk, he's also clever as hell. Yes, he's got it all. He's the triple threat. Hell yeah. And then not even that. The the episode starts on such a fucking high. One, we've got all of the villains are coming in to just fuck All Might's shit up. Then we've got Todoroki showing his brain power. Then Eraserhead, still Aizawa's shit name, he puts on his goggles and he starts going to town. To be honest, I wasn't really expecting too much. I kind of thought that he would stay back a little bit and use his quirk to nullify a lot of the quirks and just use his bandages. I didn't really think that he'd jump into the fray to deal with hand-to-hand combat, but he did. He's a fucking weapon. He's so good. He's dodging and fighting at the same time. He's talking to people and bending over backwards to dodge punches that are coming at him. He has eyes in the back of his head. He is... Literally the coolest. <laughs> and and the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking, wow, hey, no wonder he's in a sleeping bag. If this is the way he fights, he, he deserves that rest, babe. I take back everything I ever said about Aizawa. He is a weapon of mass destruction. I will go die for this kid as well. <laughs> I need to stop saying that about so many people, though, because the amount of people that I'm going to die for, and they're all cartoon characters. Anyway, Aizawa is being super stealthy with the goggles on. No one can tell whose powers are being nullified when, so he's kind of being real shady about it. And that way, no one's really getting too close because they don't know if their quirk's been nullified or not, which is sick. Very clever. Everyone's being very cautious. He's just coming at them head on, fucking their shit up. And showing them what a little baddie can do. Space 13 is staying back with the kids when we see Smoke Bro comes up and he introduces himself. Don't know what his name is. He introduces the party, I guess, as the League of Villains. Straight up, Kutsuki and Kirishima try and attack him. I fucking knew it. Last episode I said Kutsuki would be jumping into the fray straight up and look at him go. He's straight in there. So they try and attack the smoke dude. Obviously, they get nowhere with it. They're just too stupid. And 
Space 13 tries to use the black hole quirk that it has to suck him up, but he already has sent everyone through a warp to different areas of the simulation zone. So, for example, Deku, Sue, and the little bubble boy go to the shipwreck zone. Katsuki and Kirishima go to the collapsing zone and XYZ. So everyone's been split up. Everyone is now fighting for their lives against all the villains. But it also means that the villains don't know what the quirks of the kids are. So they aren't being too intense with their battle strategy. They're just kind of trying to see what's happening. So Deku and Sue are in the water where there's water villains. But then when they get on the boat, they stay in the water. The villains stay in the water because they're not sure what the quirks are, which is clever. One noteworthy uh, situation that happens when Deku does land in the ocean and he's been sent away from everyone else and Sue kind of saves him. She chucks him up onto the boat and then saves the bubble boy. I don't know what this kid's name is. I've forgotten it. Let me look it up. Minata, I think. So he gets saved by Sue as well because he's in the water. And the, <laughs> they come back up out of the water and he goes, for a frog, you've got some perfect boobies. Perfection for flotation. <laughs> it's so good. And the whole time when they're on the boat, Sue repays him by just being a full-on Debbie Downer. She is just telling Bubble Boy to give up. His quirk is useless in this situation. Um, How pathetic he is because he's freaking the fuck out, understandably. Like, he's being the most rational person here. If I was all of them, I'd probably be crying too. Thankfully, he has his nappy on. I think it's part of his costume. He's lucky. We see as well that the villains that have infiltrated the simulation zone are after All Might. They want to kill him. We don't know why yet, but obviously the guy with the hands all over him has some sort of vendetta against him. I was actually wondering, when I was recording the last episode and I was listening to theories and stuff that I had come up with, I didn't say that I was... Wondering if the guy with the hands is the friend that All Might was talking about when he said that only four people know about One for All. It was the principal, the nan, uh, grandma, um, Deku, and an old friend. And it didn't show us who that person looked like, but I thought maybe Deku's dad. Now I'm thinking this hand guy might be the old friend because he seems to know that All Might was going to be there. He knows about the simulation zone, which makes me think that maybe he was an old student. Um, and he has it out for All Might, maybe because he knows what the one for all power is and how to get it. So he's trying to get it. <laughs> I'm not sure. So as always, Deku just wants to protect All Might. He's being inspirational and he comes up with a clever plan to get everyone off the boat and to a different area where there aren't people in the water that are waiting for him. During this, we see a few areas of the um, simulation zone that other people have been sent to and how they're fucking their villains up, such as Todoroki freezing everyone. Of course, I've got Todoroki's name, right? <laughs> He's a little stunner. Oh, I could watch that boy for free. He lives rent-free in my head already. 
We also see Kirishima and Katsuki fighting um, in the collapse zone, which (laughs) sending Katsuki to a collapse zone is a problem in itself. The only time that he has fought properly in this show, he almost knocked a building down. So whether or not he's going to knock the building down with the villains inside it, maybe that's a plan to go with, but that is a risky, risky move having him in there. Hopefully Kirishima can keep a lid on the old uh, little flame, but also the old little flame wants to show everyone that he is a hero because Deku already fucked him up. So how is he going to show that this is his chance? This is his chance to show everybody the power that he has and the abilities that he has and that he actually is a hero. I hope that Katsuki stands up in this moment. I hope that he doesn't just let his anger get the better of him. There's so much more to him than anger. I'm <laughs> Every episode that I do, I go back and forth on whether I love him or whether I hate him. I love him. I, I He's problematic and my love for him is problematic, but I love him. Like your little spider friend that you look at on the roof until it wanders away and then you can't see it anymore and you wonder if it's under your bed and if it's going to kill you or if it's going to be friendly and stay in the corner until it dies. That's how I feel about Kotsky. Anywho, All Might is in the teacher's lounge and he's talking about how he can't maintain his form. He will probably only get to the simulation zone at the end. He'll puff himself up and then congratulate everyone on such good work. So they have no idea what's going on. We see that the someone mentions that the communications have been knocked out. So no one can get in touch. I think All Might was trying to call Space 13, but he couldn't get through either. So the communications have been cut and the alarms have been cut for some reason somewhere outside. So there must be people in the villains group that are on the outside working away as well. Somehow, this is a very well thought out plan. I'm not happy that it happened, but I give respect where respect is due. And it is due here. While All Might is in the lounge, the principal comes in and he he, he sums himself up perfectly. Am I a mouse or a dog or a bear? I don't know. But he straight up discloses that his grooming secret is keratin. So that was nice to know. (laughs) He's the weirdest little thing. He's giving All Might a lecture, but he's being so nice about it. He's so cute, this little white looking bear mouse thing. And he... He's just adorable. I don't understand how he can be the principal. Does that mean that he has to be powerful in some way? Maybe he's like All Might and he can puff himself up. But at the moment, he just looks so adorable. I just want to let him like curl up on my lap and sleep. And still, while they talk, because the principal makes some tea and offers tea to All Might. And still, no one has realized that something has happened. So I'm not sure how far away the simulation zone actually is or the security system of the school. I mean, I would like to know, but I don't know. So it's so confusing to me that it's a UA high. It is a school for superheroes and a s- alarm and a phone being turned off is all that it takes to undo them. But it is the 21st century. If I didn't have a phone or a laptop or anything like that, how would I communicate with anyone? I'd literally have to drive over 
or walk over to someone's house. And I live two hours away from my friends and family. So I'd be up shit creek. And let me tell you, when you're up shit creek without a paddle, you're not going far. So Aizawa sends Ida to go and get help. Also, the last episode when I got his name wrong for literally like 45 minutes, publishing that episode broke my heart. I think I died a little bit inside. And if anyone has continued on to this episode, I love and appreciate you. I see you. I appreciate you. And I'm sorry from the bottom of my heart. Uh, Anywho, so they send Ida to go and get help. He doesn't want to leave, understandably, but they're like, emergency exit. It's okay. You go do this. I love you. And this is when Space 13 uses the black hole on Smoke Bro. And I I was concerned in this moment because I thought it looked like she was sucking him into her finger black hole. (laughs) And then I thought, what if when she sucks him in, he takes over her? I don't know if she's a her or a he. I should probably say it so I can be gender neutral. It's just the voice got me a little bit. Anyway, yeah, I was worried that maybe this means that he's going to take over her, which is something that I predicted a while ago. Robots can be taken over. And I don't know if there is a actual person inside that or if it is a computerized robot. And if that's the case and he goes inside her, surely he can easily malfunction her or infiltrate her system and her core so yeah I'm a little bit nervous about that it doesn't make me happy I understand that it was trying to help Space Earth team was trying to help I'm a little bit nervous and we didn't see them for the rest of the episode either now that I think about it so that also concerns me so we go back to where Deku and Sue and Minata are at the boat and they're trying to figure out a way to get off Obviously, they can't just swim anywhere because there is people, villains, all in the water, just waiting, little fishies waiting for a feed. And so they're trying to discuss ways to get out. They end up coming up with Deku jumping into the water, flicking his finger. All he's doing is flicking his finger, the little Detroit push kind of thing, Detroit tickle. And he flicks it at the water while he's jumping over them and creates a whole whirlpool. While he's creating this whirlpool, Sue jumps over the top of him because she can jump super high. Sue, per high. And she uses her tongue to grab him. She's holding on to Minota and he's pulling balls off left, right and center. (laughs) Pulling balls off left, right and center. And throwing them into the water. But because the villains don't know what his quirk is, they're trying to stay away from them. The whirlpools got all of the villains sucked up. All of a sudden, they've got the sticky balls all over them as well. So they're starting to freak out, understandably, and stick to one another. But also while going around in a little dishwasher. So they they, they did such a good job with this. I'm so impressed. And the fact that Deku came up with this all on his own on the fly, this is why he's my boy. They're all my boy. And my girl. And my robot. But still. Instantly, of course, Deku's finger broken. But it's okay because Sue has him and Sue has Minota. And they've finally gotten away, even though Minota just keeps having a fucking conniption about the fact that he's useless. But he's not. 
he got the bubbles. And even though it's not as strong a quirk as some other people, there still has to be sidekicks around the place. And they stuck the balls to everything else. I I don't mind Minotaur. I think that he gives he needs to give himself more credit for his quirk. <laughs> he's just he's a little bit adorable. And he's just crying the whole episode. He's just crying. And it's actually quite funny because Deku has not had to step up and be the strong one for the group. He's kind of like in the last episodes where we saw Ida was always the one standing up and Deku gave him the class rep position because he didn't think he deserved it. He didn't think he could be a leader. And now look at him. He's leading and he's helping Minota to calm himself down and he's telling Sue what to do. And he's coming up with these formulative, strategic and clever plans to get themselves out of a situation. He's done it. I'm so proud of him. That's the end of episode 10 though. So I'm going to go and watch episode 11. But what the fuck? What a sick episode. I'm really seeing Deku mature and come into his own because he's never been trusted and he's never been supported by the people around him. And all it takes is that little bit of support and that little bit of friendship and alliance and trust, like I said, to start building a better you. And that's exactly what he's doing. I'm so proud of him. If he gets hot, he's going to be the full package. But anyway... That's a f- that's for future Hannah to find out. I'm going to go and watch this next episode. Be back in five. Enjoy yourself. All right, so I've just finished watching episode 11, Game Over. And already the title scares me because I have been having that little premonition of whether or not All Might is going to die in this first season. The end of this episode isn't making me feel any alleviation from that thought process. In fact, it's kind of just stirring it up even more. And I'm very nervous, very scared. Also very scared for Aizawa. This episode was so hard to watch. I was actually holding my hands over my eyes for a little bit. Me thinking that this is just some like G-rated shonen anime. I was falsely prepared for this show and but also at the same time I'm kind of happy about it because I didn't want to watch something that was just a bit boring and I wanted to see a little bit of grit and grime and it's fucking delivered man so the start of the episode we had a recap which initially straight up made me think that something is going to go down things that when they give you a recap you know that something's about to happen so they gave us a recap of everyone coming in all the villains starting their fights with each other, um, Deku getting away with Sue and the Bubble Boy and Katsuki and Kirishima fighting in the building and most importantly Aizawa facing off with all the villains that were at the front and Handman and that weird looking bird dude. I think his name is Nomu and then we go straight into the OP and now that I've seen everyone kind of doing their thing and figuring their shit out in these fights so far. Like I've only seen one episode of fighting really, but the OP slaps even more. It makes it even more exciting to watch and see the potential that they have in the OP and then seeing what I could potentially be leading up to. It does make me nervous though, because there is a lot of um, foreshadowing, I guess, of Deku taking over All Might's position. I don't want All Might to die. 
I love him. He's like my one of my favorite characters. Although saying in saying that this episode has pushed Aizawa so high up that list. What the hell, man? I was not prepared for him to be such a badass. Makes me so happy. Because I hated him and everyone kept saying how much they loved him. I see it now. I um rescind my earlier hatred and rejection of him. And he's, yeah, he's up there. He's He's kind of like, there's All Might and there's Deku who hand in hand love them with everything that I have and then I think there's Kutsuki and Aizawa who they are problematic extremely problematic but I love them as well and then there's Todoroki who's in his own ball game he's not even in this league like he's playing baseball while the rest of them are playing basketball he's got his own shit going down I have a lot of questions about Todoroki after this episode though but I'll get to that in a second so we start off after the OP back with Deku and his little gang, all the villains in the shipwreck zone have been stuck together and (laughs) the bubble boy has told everyone that he pooped this morning, which makes his balls even stickier. (laughs) I love him. He's so cute. He's a little bit pointless. He'd be a great um, Robin to someone's Batman, but he's pretty cute. And the fact that his, when he shits, it becomes even stickier is just adorable. Uh, we go to the landslide zone, though, where Todoroki has frozen everyone that instantly. So as soon as they got warped to the landslide zone, he just froze absolutely everyone. He is called a monster by the villains, which means he's got a power that they haven't seen, maybe to the level of their boss, the hands dude. And so that makes me want to know, there's something with Todoroki. What is it? that has created this quirk his quirk seems to be very different to everyone else's they've kind of got like one or the other speed or momo's got creation or deku's got one for all which i guess has a lot of different abilities in itself but everyone else like katsuki has the bomb and hiroshima hardens himself they've all got one quirk whereas todoroki has the ability to freeze and also to hate so i feel like todoroki has a lot more to him So I'm watching him very closely and he's also very clever. So he goes up to one of the villains that he has frozen and he tells them that they'll die of hypothermia unless he takes the ice away. One of them starts crying. Oh, one of the villains starts crying. Like, oh, that's so heartwarming that they actually have a personality and feelings, but obviously not all of them are like this, but why are they helping hands man and is it because they don't fit in in society like i said last um episode they all have (laughs) quirks that make them look fucking ugly but they all seem to be working for this guy whether or not that's um under duress or they are just evil this guy with the tears in his eyes they have some sort of want and wishes to stay alive so Yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. So Todoroki tells them that they will die unless he unfreezes them. And in order to do so, they need to tell him what the plan is. How do they plan on killing All Might? What's the plan on coming in here to do so? Todoroki is very clever, very well thought out. He's giving me a lot of um, 
like Itachi vibes because he's very clever. He's obviously got a very, very powerful quirk. So yeah, watch this space because I'm I'm really curious. And each episode with him in it, I just become more and more curious as to what is his story? What is his family's quirk? I think that there's a lot more to Todoroki, like Katsuki. There's, we've, we've met them. They've got a lot of personality traits that are questionable, but I feel like we're going to have a lot of in-depth flashbacks into their lives when they were younger as to why they are so powerful and why their quirk is so different. Like I said, Katsuki's isn't that different, but Todoroki's is hella powerful. I need to know. Anyway, I could talk about Todoroki forever. We go then to Momo, um, the ox girl, whose name is Kyokajiro, and the electrical boy, who is Denki. Denki can't use his quirk because the girls are around and he will shock them. Um, so Kyoka kicks him into one of the villains and decides to just use him as a human stun gun. So she's just kicking him into people. Every time a villain touches him, he just uses his body as electricity and just stuns them. And then Kyoka starts using her sound waves, which is a really cool power. I don't know what the limitations are on her power, but it's pretty cool. She's using the sound waves to kind of blow everybody up as well. And Momo then uses her power so she can create things. Her power is creation. Um, She can create objects, but she has to know what the molecular structure of the object is. So she can't create something which she has no idea about, I guess. She has to kind of have an image in her head, size, weight, all of that stuff. Um, But I'm, I'm assuming that there would be more to it. So that's her limitation. I want to know what Kyoka's limitation is. Obviously, Denki has his limitations that he can't seem to control his electricity to the point where it would protect the people around him while being able to hit the villains. So he has no accuracy. Um, Momo then decides that she can make an insulation blanket. So she puts it all over herself and Kyoka. And then she yells out to Denki to fry everyone, which he does. Very, very clever. Momo is a genius. No wonder she came second in class rep elections. She was robbed. <laughs> she was robbed. Uh, and then when it's all done and dusted, we see Momo and Kyoka underneath the blanket. But Momo's shirt is gone. And Denki is walking around like a pleb with a bleeding nose. So I thought that he'd actually seen Momo without her shirt. And he was doing the typical anime thing of, you know, the bleeding nose. He's turned on. Turns out after Denki uses big shockwaves like he did, um, big electrical pulses like he did, He turns into a bit of an idiot and just needs, he just needs a rest. So he's walking around as if no one knows him. He has no idea where he is and he's just kind of staring up at the sky. So Denki's out for the count. (laughs) But I thought it was funny that we thought he had seen Momo, but he's just, he's just overused his power, his quirk. And yeah, I love that. I actually really like Denki. I think he's going to be a really funny character. Um, also, the amount of animes that have Denki as a character, Boruto, I can't think of anything else, <laughs> but I know I hear that name a lot. I'm pretty sure it's in a silent voice as well. So then we go back to Aizawa and he is fighting the all the villains and the handman. He goes to hit the handman who is coming at him, 
but he can't seem to use his quirk anymore because he's been using it so much. His eyes are completely bloodshot. And so the hand man catches his arms and holds onto his elbow, which then starts to crumble away. I think it looks like it, it turns to stone and then it looks like it's crumbling away after that. I was in shock. One, that is a fucking sick quirk to have. Two, I've just realized that I love Aizawa. Please don't hurt him. So this is all happening as well in front of Deku, who's still in the water. <laughs> like They haven't gotten out. I guess they have no idea where to go from here, but... Yeah, they're all just watching Aizawa getting his ass handed to him. He's still fighting off all the plebs that are coming around, um, all the pawns and shit, but he's he's not in a good spot. This is when we start to see Handman fangirling over Aizawa. He starts to use the same language that Deku uses, and he's noticing the powers, he's appreciating the powers, and he's making notes of all these different things that are happening it's very, very interesting. I can see a lot of similarities between Handman and Deku. Is this Deku's dad? Or is this... Oh, I'm so confused. I don't even know how to end that sentence. There's something about the Handman. There is a relationship of some sort between the Handman, All Might, and Deku. And I want to know. And the, and the rest of this episode doesn't even help me dispel that theory. I am 100% convinced that this is something to keep an eye out for. I'm seeing so many similarities. That's when we see blood spurt up into the sky along with Aizawa's glasses. And I, let me tell you, I just about had a heart attack. I almost died. I, oh, and I'm still not over it. I literally just watched this and I don't even know how to comprehend my feelings. I'm feeling so confused. I had a lot of laughs in this episode as well, but I am so flustered with where this can go and I do not hold a lot of hope for All Might's outcome in this battle. We go back to 13, who is sucking in Mist Man still, um, but then he opens up a warp gate right behind her and she starts sucking herself in. She rips off the back of her whole suit pretty much tears herself in half so she's done and all of these students that she was protecting are now abandoned and alone. Edith still hasn't left as well and everyone's yelling at him to go and he finally you know gets his head out of his ass and decides to run to the door. Mist Man warps in front of him and I'm not ready for any more people to go. I'm losing Aizawa. I cannot lose Ida as well. It gives us a cut to see Aizawa, who looks fucked by Nomu. He's holding up his arm. It looks like it's broken already, but then he squeezes it and he absolutely just snaps the fuck out of it. This is not the G-rated show that I thought it was. This is insane. I'm kind of loving it, though, because it's keeping me on the edge of my seat. And that's what I wanted. Everything up until this point was really cute. It was really fun. I love that we got to meet everyone in such a platonic, competitive way. But now they're all fighting and they're all fighting for each other. Like they're all understanding each other's quirks and using it to their advantage. And it's fucking incredible. I'm so hyped for all of this that's happening right in front of me. And I'm bummed that there's only two episodes left in this season. 
which is why I'm not going to do three episodes on this pod this week. I'm going to do two and then I'm going to do two again next week. But fuck, there's only two left. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I can see that some shit is going to go down. Katsuki, we cut to Katsuki and him and Kirishima are having a chat. They've beaten all of the people that are in front of them except for the invisible except for the invisible guy that is on the roof. Katsuki stops him instantly, blows his head up and explains that they need to go and help more people. Um, everyone can look after themselves, but they're going to try and get as many villains as they can as possible. Kirishima is surprised that Katsuki is being so level-headed and thoughtful about the process that they're going to take and is shocked that he's not yelling and carrying on and saying, die, 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 which we all were confused, weren't we? But it just shows that Katsuki can be strategic and he can put away his emotions and put the priorities of his classmates in front of him. And Kirishima makes note of this as well, that Katsuki is relying on his classmates, but he's got faith in them that they can hold their own that they don't all need Katsuki because Katsuki's not the be all and end all he's not the best of the best so that was a really cute moment I liked that uh we go to straight into a montage of everyone fighting in all the different zones that they got sent to yet again the music behind this montage is absolutely sick and it I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna look up the playlist for this show it is slapping left right and center and I'm loving it. Back to Ida, who got out only because Chaco is a little baddie. And she sees that Mist Man has a physical body of some sort. And so she floats him away. Everyone comes together to get him out of the way so that Ida can get out. He gets out. And so we know that All Might is about to show up. And that is when everything goes down. It is... Oh, so intense we see Aizawa with one arm snapped in half and then all of a sudden Nomi grabs the other and smashes that one to pieces as well this is when I had to start covering my eyes this was intense and I was not prepared for such graphic violence it makes me want to read the manga as well because this is just insane I'm loving it I know that there's a lot that gets cut out of manga like I'm reading Bleach and there's a lot of shit that won't be in the anime for that um, and I read, obviously, The Promised Neverland and Tokyo Ghoul, especially. Tokyo Ghoul, I've read the manga and I've watched the anime and the comparison between the two is, it made the anime problematic for me because there's so much that skipped out, but I do understand because there's so much that they probably just couldn't put in. So Aizawa is still trying to help out Deku and all of the students and Nomu smashes his head into the ground. It just keeps going for this guy. He's trying so hard. He's literally giving it his all. He doesn't have anything left in the tank, but he's not giving up. And I love him for this. Handman's having a little moment where he's just chatting to everybody. Again, he's comparing this to like a a superhero film or a, he's comparing it to an anime in a way. Again, bringing so many comparisons to Deku. There is a lot of foreshadowing here, a lot of things going on that I'm wondering who he is. 
when Mist Man comes and tells him that someone got out, Handman is not happy. He's he's scratching at his neck, which looks like some compulsion that he has been doing for a while because there's a lot of scratches and a lot of bruising around his neck. And I wondered if he can take the hands off or if they're uncomfortable. I don't really know if that's anything of importance, but it made me wonder if that's something that he has to have on himself all the time or if it's just a way to kind of cover up his identity. So he's scratching himself and decides that he is just going to go for the kill. So he discusses that now that Ida got out and they know that reinforcements are coming, it's time for the title sequence and they have to leave. Yet again, another reference to a movie film. I don't know if he's trying to compare himself to a villain in a movie or what's going on. He's definitely got something out for, uh, for All Might, but his anger gets the better of him and he decides to go for Sue. This all happens in slow motion and it is insane. We see Deku watching Handman come for Sue. We see his imagination of Sue just kind of drifting away and crumbling to pieces. It was so intense. They did this they did this scene so well. All the slow motion, Deku freaking out and then he decides to stop him and goes for a Detroit smash. Immediately, I freaked the fuck out because I thought if he goes for Detroit Smash, obviously Handman knows who All Might is. And if he tries to smash him, he's going to put two and two together. So he's going to know that Deku is the next reincarnation of All Might, that he's inheriting the one for all. Very, very silly move. But what else could he do, really? Bubble Boy's got nothing. He's being drowned by Sue currently anyway, so it didn't even matter. But... As he goes for the Detroit punch, Nomu gets in the way and stops it. I'm confused as to, one, Deku's arm didn't break, even though he hit Nomu. He didn't have any broken bones, any bruising or anything like that. And two, Nomu took the whole punch and nothing happened to him either. So either Nomu's cancelling out powers kind of like Aizawa or he was genetically modified in some way specifically for one for all and that makes me even more worried that All Might might not be able to attack him either. Is this a quirk that he was born with? Unfortunate if so because look at his fucking face or is this something that he has been given by Handman because Handman may may not be able to go up against All Might and he might know this and so therefore he might be creating someone who can go up against All Might for him. So many theories this week guys. <laughs> so then yet another slow motion as Deku's accidentally punched Nomu and Handman decides to go in for the kill yet again. He decides to go for Bubble Boy this time but he does make note in this moment that Deku has the same Detroit smash and he asks if Deku is working with All Might, if he is the next protege. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie. He's put two and two together very, very quickly. I I did think he would because he seems very similar to Deku in taking note of everything that's happening on the battlefield and calculating it very quickly. So that's a bit nerve wracking. And that's when the door smashes open and All Might comes through. 
I do not want him to be here. I need him to go home. I need everyone to somehow teleport out and All Might to be safe at home. Go back to the principal, babe. Why isn't the principal here? Doesn't look like he can do anything, but why isn't he here? Why is All Might the only one that came? Where's Mount Lady? Where is Kamui Woods or Backdraft or Elfman? You know, where are the rest of them? Why is it only All Might? There is a whole bunch of villains in this place, especially one that can combat one for all. And yet All Might is the only one that has come to the centre. And I hope that that's not the case. I hope in the next episode we see that they are just slow. But Ida is also not there. So maybe he's bringing more people to come and help in the fight as well. I don't know. I hope so. Because I'm getting nervous. My theory is that, unfortunately, and I don't want it to be true, but I've, I'm, I'm scared that All Might may not make it through this battle. There's only 13 episodes in the first season and it scares me that this is happening in the lead up. And like I've said before, I, I, I do have the idea that in order for Deku to become All Might, All Might has to pass away. But he's only eaten one hair. Is that all it takes? <laughs> you know, we see in Jujutsu Kaisen that um, Itadori has to eat, what is it, like 16 fingers or some shit, or 20 fingers. I can't even remember how many fingers there are, but like each finger gives him more and more power, but it also makes him turn more and more into Sukna. So is this like the opposite? He just has to have one strand of hair and then he's All Might? I don't know. I hope it's not like that, but this is kind of making me nervous and making, like, he's not going to die and then <laughs> Deku's going to go and shave his head and eat the rest of it, is he? Oh, my goodness. Imagine. <laughs> At the end of the battle, <laughs> they're all crying and Deku just grabs out the the razor and goes to town on um, a little hair salad. Yum. So that's the end of the episode, though. I went through it so quickly because it was just hyped. It was so good. Everyone's quirks came into play and everyone smashed their villains, which was cool. But at the same time, they all did it very easily. And none of them got injured. I didn't really think that that was going to happen. I kind of hope, not hoped, but I kind of, it would have been a little bit more believable, I guess. It's, it's an anime. But it would have been a little bit more believable if maybe one of them got injured or if someone got captured maybe, which hasn't happened. And the only people that are getting injured is Aizawa, who I do think is going to make it. He's gotten his head smashed a few times and he's bleeding and he's got no arms. But <laughs> I think he'll pull through. We've got, uh, what is it, nurse lady probably waiting on the wings. I do think, though, like, their end game was to get All Might to the facility and they seem to have a good plan to deal with All Might. Now that Aizawa can't cancel out any quirks, it makes me nervous that that guy, um, Nomu, is going to be able to fight All Might. And we see them fighting in the OP, actually. Oh, guys, I'm so nervous. I don't want to wait. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so like I said, I'm just going to do two episodes this week. Um, Next week, I've got the last two of this season. Shitting myself over what's going to happen. 
would love some emotional support if that's okay. My cat won't come near me uh, when I watch this show because I get way too lit when I'm watching. There's there's arms, there's yelling, there's everything that you can imagine people going to a theme park coming out of me in my one-bedroom apartment. God knows what my freaking neighbours are thinking while I'm watching this. They all know I live alone. But anywho, that's that. And I have no shit list. I mean, like, Nomu, I hate you, but I'm meant to hate you. So I can't put him on the shit list. I really, really, really can't wait to find out more about Handman. I want to know what his name is because Handman is just a shit name to call him. Everyone listening would know who Handman is anyway. It's the guy with the hands. And I can't wait to see more about Todoroki. He's kind of taken over me wanting to know more about Katsuki. If I can get more about Todoroki first, I'm a happy lady. If I can't, I'll take Katsuki. But mainly, I want to know more about Handman. I really want to know if he's related to Deku in some way. Deku's dad not being around and this guy coming into play and having so many similarities to Deku... It can't be a coincidence. There is no such thing as coincidence when it comes to anime. No such thing. You tell me one coincidence in anime that doesn't turn out to be like a major plot twist and I'll take I'll take this back. I'll shout out and I'll name you. I'll name and shame myself for being such a fucking idiot. But I do not believe in this circumstance that this is a coincidence. And I can't wait to be right. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I'm going to sign off here because this is just killing me. And yeah, so thanks guys for listening. As always, you can follow me on Instagram um, or email me if you've got some questions. Everything's in the show notes and I'm super psyched to finish up the first season next week. Thank you so much guys for listening and for following and for getting in touch. It's been awesome to have a chat to everyone and just like geek out. I held anime so close to my heart and read manga, you know, with no one to talk to about it. And so starting this podcast has been the highlight of my life probably just to be able to geek out, nerd out weeb out with so many like-minded people and it's just been an awesome journey so thank you so much guys and i am super stoked to be ending season one on a high hopefully well on a high that i have a podcast i really hope that it doesn't end the way that i think it's going to end otherwise we're going to be listening to a lot of sneezing and crying and just general sadness next week which i fucking hope doesn't happen But yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys, and I will be back in your ears next week. Enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you soon.